0: I absolutely love this conversation. This was a a conversation with a friend and it doesn't seem to matter how many times I speak to Christina Fulcher, I always learn something. And in this part two, um, which interestingly, part one I launched in January, part two I'm launching after Easter because I feel like with movement we have our times at which we're really aware of doing so, Um, but we also have our times where we fall off the wagon um, so I thought it was really important to split this podcast into two and inspire us at different parts of the year. And in this part, two, we actually tackle a little bit more about the career um, behind a Pilates instructor. And certainly when you think about any career in the well-being sector where, you know, we're helping people, um, it's really hard to have that kind of element of, you know, business um, and how to have a sustainable business, um, you know, that supports you throughout life and it's a really really great conversation on that topic um and how a good old-fashioned uh, marketing approach of word of mouth uh, along with some really great content please do listen uh, enjoy the episode and let us know how you get on christina can i ask something about you know you and i have chosen careers
1: that help others ultimately and like you say um we can often naturally just out of just our natural being put ourselves last mm. but when you when you think about i'm helping others i'm helping out helping others and then turning that into a business that then attaches money and things like that to something that you know c- can you talk me through your own personal journey around a business and running a business being an entrepreneur while helping people because sometimes those things are really hard to get them to meet in a in a successful business
2: yes and I think along that journey I'm sure probably as you have had there are points where yeah you you question that a bit more where you Mm -hmm. think about that a little bit more ultimately when I came back and I'm going to go to the point where I came back to to Norwich yeah um, rather than before then. I talked about how Sydney was hard and, and building up a client base and stuff. And often I would have people say to me when I would say, this is in Norwich. Mm. I say, I teach Pilates. Oh, that's nice. What else do you do? Because, wow. um, yeah, obviously that can't be my full-time career. I couldn't mm. possibly do that. Um, that. That actually is so common, so common mm. because it must be something I do on the side. I must have something that I do during the day that, you know, is a a proper job.
1: Yeah, unimaginable to be moving for so long in a day. (laughs) You've talked about about 50 hours a week, you know.
2: (laughs) I know, I know the irony, right? And like, you know, there's been days when I, this is pre-family is 10 hours of teaching in a day and how that physically feels and how that mentally feels for me looking after or taking care of or working with people for that amount of time so I think in terms of because my business grew organically like I said I didn't intend to stay in Norwich I moved back to Norwich with a pause let's see what happens I could go anywhere kind of mindset and when I started teaching initially I was teaching a friend and we were doing swap. She did mm-hmm. um, some uh, body work and I um, taught her Pilates. And then she talked about mm-hmm. it. And then I started teaching kind of through that, just a few people here and there, oh, so-and-so's told me about mm-hmm. Pilates, I'd really like to do it. And I hear that you you know, you know, teach a bit differently and more dynamic. And then, through the gyms, I guess. Then I was working more hours, and yeah. then I, I guess at that point I was like, "Oh, okay, so this could actually be something that sustains me," because how my t te- I was teaching probably a bit more dynamically than what people were used to. Certainly at the mm-hmm. time that I moved back to Norwich in 2009, there mm-hmm. wasn't many teachers. Now, of course, there's loads of teachers, but <laughs> at that point, there wasn't many teachers. And so I think I was offering something a bit different. It was a bit more dynamic than what people were used to, and that doesn't mean that the other was wrong. It just means it was different, and people wanted something different, and that was good. That was good yeah. because parties is uh, you know it's supposed to be mm. a chill out and relax, although you know it can have benefits. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and my business because it grew organically, and talking about the whole saying about how my career with Pilates was never a i right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, yes. to teach teaching 50 hours mm-hmm. a week and then I'm going to... so I don't think because I had a plan in mind for that mm-hmm. that I ever thought I've got to earn a certain amount of money I've got yeah. to do this before I do that I've got yeah. to and because I did it in my home studio when I moved out of my parents house that also meant I was still teaching in a lot of the gyms, but I I wasn't losing anything apart
3: from
2: no. in the house, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I my studio, all it was all in. Mm. And you know, you talk about persons, persons of influence or key people of influence in your business, mm. and I definitely there was this person that I used to do swaps with early on in my career. She entered us into a competition. We were in Red Magazine and about how, I think it's a friendship. It was something to do with friendship and how we worked well and how we'd swaps and talked about that. Mm. And I had one person who read that while they were on holiday. And at that time, they would have been my key person of influence. They brought four people in who had a class together.
3: Yes.
2: One of those people brought another four people in who had a class together. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's that build on and build on. Mm. And again, the home studio wasn't, I never knew, I had no expectations of what that might be or could be yeah. in terms of marrying it with, oh, this is going to be my business, even though it was, mm-hmm. you know, because I get so much from doing what I do and knowing that people get it and knowing yes. that they benefited from it.
3: Mm. That
2: I wanted to share that early on and then I had a break for a period of time and then I came back to it. Mm. And then when I moved back to Norwich, I didn't go, right, well, I'm gonna open my Pilates business. I wanted to share my love of Pilates and how it can benefit people. Mm. Mm. And so the business kind of grew organically. I wouldn't, mm. you know, marrying it with the fact that I financially, can have a career out of it it just kind of happened and that sounds Mm. like it was easy and it wasn't obviously I built up a client base and I've had some people with me right from that point when I came back and started teaching and when I left the gyms and that kind of happened gradually and I had another home studio before I've got my out of my home studio now yeah the build has been quite gradual and Mm. has felt Again, going back to that same word, very organic. It has been organic because I've never set a goal of, I need to do this by this time. Mm. I I don't have a set amount of teaching hours that I have to do to reach. And I'm lucky Mm. that a lot of people talk very nicely about me and Norwich Mm. is small enough, even though it's a big city, that you hear about good things, you hear about bad things well but you hear about good things yes. so I don't advertise I never have I mm. don't flyer or put posters up
3: yeah
2: I yeah I I, I really would and i and you know I've seen people pro bono you talking about being able to give people classes that might not be able to I've worked it just feels like because it's all happened the way it has for me through lots of hard work albeit. It feels like I can give back. I've done, when you do something that helps and nurtures people,
3: mm.
2: especially for Pilates, people have to want to do it. Like I said earlier, is people have come to me because somebody's kind of said, you should, you should, you should. And <laughs> they're not.
1: doesn't always it. work.
2: <laughs> not in the room. They've done it to kind of put off the person who's been hating them. And I know they're not going to, continue or get anything from it because they're not they're not there in the room.
3: Yeah.
2: And I've seen people quite a bit like that. And then I now I always go, do they actually want to come? I've had people be bought gifts who obviously yes. don't want to be there. Yeah.
3: That's it history, there. Isn't
2: it? My mm. daughter really wanted me to come.
3: Yeah.
2: And been really resistant. Like I said, so we're going to do this. Is that okay? Yeah, I guess so. And in your, you know, in your career and and your your business, you'll always have people like that, and that's okay. Mm. You know, it's what I do is not for everybody. If I can help people because they've had stuff going on and they've had a rough ride, that's brilliant. But also, if people don't want help, I can't help them.
1: Yeah. But I think you're highlighting something that we've we've touched on a couple of times now for good reason, and that is it being slow and organic. So people coming to you when the time is right for them, not rushing into it, mm. but also going about business, this lovely sense of building and organic. And actually by building it more slowly, it's become what it is today. So actually we've highlighted being, you know, grounded and slow paced and not rushing and pushing and forcing people to come to the class, almost. Um, Because what would your business look like if you had approached it that way? It would look very different, I imagine.
2: Absolutely. I think that's, you know, if I'd had a set amount of, right, I've got to have this amount of people in a class, and Mm -hmm. that's got to be what it has to be to make it work. And I'm, oh gosh, I don't know if I can survive. I, yeah, it would have put a different pressure on You know, and Mm. maybe my teaching style would have been affected by that and how I teach. I. Yeah, because I never had that pressure. It's, Mm. you know, I started off in my home studio with a maximum of four people and then I moved and I had another home studio and I had a maximum of six people.
3: That's right.
2: And now in my studio, outside of my home, I have a maximum of 10 people, not in uh, all my classes, but for different reasons, but Medium advanced classes, I have 10 people in the studio. And that has, again, grown organically. Four people in each class was brilliant. You know, it was small, intimate classes and people really, I I, I think, you know, still are. I don't, um, people say there's nowhere to hide in my studio and I really like that because, I do, you know, you're <laughs> coming to me <laughs> to, <know> how, <laughs> to tell you how to get the best out of your body. Um, so I think, yeah, again, it was just one of those things that because I didn't have pressure on me, mm. even though it felt like it at the time, I look back now and go, home studio was brilliant. And organic, again, I've used that word because it yeah. it was. I worked in, I don't know, six gyms in, in Norfolk, and I travelled around a lot. I did some one-to-ones, and then the home studio came up. I started mm. talking about it a little bit in my classes. My one-to-one clients were like, oh, I've got some friends. So it wasn't anything I went, right, I've got to do five classes this week, and then next week I've got to do six classes, and the following... Yeah. It just worked. So
1: and Christina, can you tell me a little bit? Because I'm sure one of the reasons people choose to come to you is for the benefit of a little bit of feminine energy. And (laughs) you know, what what do you think feminine energy, what sprinkle, what magic dust do you think teaching um as a woman to others? Because you 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 have, have taught men and women through Pilates. What do you think the feminine energy bit? gives a class or gives a session? What do you think that little bit of sparkle is?
2: Um, such an interesting question because Joseph Pilates was obviously mm. the guy who developed yeah. the way of movement and um, people assume that Pilates is for women For yes. I think that's the, the misconception that Pilates is about mm-hmm. a bit of stretch, a bit of kind of working on your core, but it's about just mm. women. And yet when I've had my men's only class uh, running, they've been the most devoted. I don't now in my studio because it just didn't work out um, timing wise, but it makes a difference when Mm. people understand what they're doing. So yes, as a woman, I'm teaching what Joseph Pilates taught, you know, in terms of how we move functionally well. Yes but also being a strong woman who moves. We are not sitting down on a mat and relaxing. Mm -hmm. We we know that, but we're not sitting down, chilling out, um, all of which are great. Mm -hmm. So to be a strong woman, and right, we're here to do business Mm -hmm. and move well, Yeah, and we can do that as a woman. It's like me saying Mm -hmm. about my client, kind of owning her body on the mat. Yes, and men as well. You know, Mm -hmm. it is. I have mixed classes um, in in a lot of my classes, as men and women. Yeah, it's okay to be side by side. Like I would always say, if there's all women in a class, Mm. I have one man joining it. I will say just to let you know, there is eight other women in the class, and they're like, okay. Some men will be like, "Mm, oh, I don't
3: know,
2: and that's that's okay. You know, it's it's about you have to be comfortable Mm. to be able to relax into your mat and allow your body to work. Yeah. In terms of the feminine energy, I think a strong a strong woman who Mm. is like, yeah, I'm I'm carrying on the work that Joseph Pilates taught, but we can be male or female and welcomed into a studio situation that's welcoming for both men and women
3: yeah
2: you know men do teach pilates there's a lot of men. i have some good friends who are are male teachers and of course your other half yeah um i think i have to say a big part of how i teach Mm. this is not to do with feminine energy is um humor huge huge part of what i use (laughs) um And I think that is because it helps people relax. <laughs> <It> does <laughs> because people get so worried about it looking right or breathing or not doing it or what is everybody else doing? So especially when people come into a class first of all.
3: Yeah,
2: and I think if you don't use humour, it it's just everybody going. <laughs> oh, everybody's looking at me. I'm breathing. <laughs> so, yeah what makes me the teacher I am mm. definitely humor yes. uh, I definitely want you to um feel comfortable in the room yeah. mm. but technique mm. uh, I can't just have you be in the class and ignore you if you're doing something yeah we're not going to benefit from and I don't mean just safety wise I mean when you get it, I want you to get it. That's what you're paying yes. to come to do a class. And when you get it, then you'll
1: go, oh God, there it is. Well, yeah. I was just gonna ask, what, what are your favorite steps? You know, when you witness people perhaps having their breakthrough moments, obviously some may actually vocalize it, which is a lucky thing, but sometimes I'm, I'm sure there's some silent wins, if you like, or silent breakthroughs that you see and you see someone progress. Do you have any sort of favorite steps in the process of a class or a session,
2: I think we are all such different learners. We we all, you know, I I often talk about this in a in a class situation. There are some people that need to visually see it. So I say, inhale, exhale, and see where I'm dro- dropping my chest, or I'm doing whatever, and I'm doing this. People go, ah, oh, yeah. And actually, in my early career, I don't do this as much because my body doesn't like it. Showing people what not to do.
1: I was going to bring that up in <laughs> yes. I, know. I remember how because I used to have to make up for that. <laughs> so you'd come on my massage couch, <laughs> and I'd have to make up for what had happened because you demonstrated what they shouldn't do. You I know I, I did
2: less, <laughs> a lot less than I did, um, and my oh, osteopath okay. was saying to me, "You need to stop doing that. There's a reason." So now I say, I'm not going to show you how to do it wrong because I always hurt myself when I do, and there's a reason for that. It's because of X, Y, and Z so yeah. yeah I think we are all such different learners that some mm. people will be doing like I've had people say to me after six months oh, I really felt it last week was I doing yes. something wrong and I'm like no that's the magic of Pilates is that when you know and understand it more you'll feel it more in the right places when you first yes. start doing Pilates you might not feel it at all you might mm-hmm. feel it a little bit Um, or you might feel it a lot. And that's really, really individual. You can't Mm. say, like people say to me all the time, when will my shoulders relax? Or when will I be able to do X or Y? And again, Mm. the visual and the um, people who will learn by hearing, like, Mm. okay, I'm going to ask you to inhale, then I'm going to ask you to relax your chest, draw your ribs together and down, you know, go through that process and people will close their eyes i never offended mm-hmm. by that people I, I remember in my first you know a few months of teaching and people would close their eyes I think "Oh, that's really they can't see what I'm doing but some people will just need to hear it they'll need to hear and they'll be working in their brain and, that, and, that, and I can see them doing it which is good then there yes. are some people will be like what you know what are you doing cleaning
1: the neck
2: <laughs> I, typically, I typically I don't have a mat in a class
3: mm-hmm.
2: and in a beginner class I typically don't have a but I will get a mat out, lie between mats and go, right, here we go. So you can see my, you know, so I'm right beside somebody. So they get a visual of it. And I'm yes. a wh- I'm up for that. I'm I'm I am all over however you need to learn it. You know, visuals mm. are a big thing. Um, yes. visualizations, I should say, are a really big thing. And I use that mm-hmm. a lot in my work. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. also then people, like you said, some people will go, Oh my gosh, I really got it. Like I've had in the last few weeks, particularly I've had a client say, that's the first time I felt X. And actually I have a lot of classes that have been, people in them have been together for a period of time. So there's a real sense of community, not in all my classes, but certainly people Mm -hmm. tend to stay in classes for long periods of times until they might have to shift nights or days or whatever. Yes, so there is a sense of them all waiting in the waiting room, they all know who each other is. So there'll be a sense of like, yeah, they've all done you in a class, which is really nice. Yes. It's celebrating the person. And I'm always like, that's amazing, that's brilliant. So <laughs> next time you're going to do that la 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 la. So so they kind of kick kick into what they've what they've just done, what I call the aha moments. I'm like, that's yes. the aha moment. That's like she said. You always say X and I felt that. I, I really yeah. focused on it and that's what I did. I'm like, brilliant. She said, it only took me two years. So that's brilliant. <laughs> but that's the point is that it's mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you will do this for six months and then you will get this. Yeah. Or at the, at the end of this point, you will know this. Yeah. Because there are some people who will find some exercises difficult no matter what because of how they built, because of their skeleton, because of how their muscles work, whatever. And mm-hmm. there are some people who will find things like that easy and they'll be able to do it but they, their level of control will be there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the aha moments are, they're brilliant. I still have aha moments, you know, nearly 20 years later or over 20 years later. And I think that's the beauty of Pilates, isn't it? Is that you can when you're in your body, learn all the time. I learn about yeah. I think they're yes. amazing. We, yeah. we learn all the time about our bodies, but you have to be yeah. open to it.
3: Yeah.
1: So obviously, helping all these other people, Christina, can we put the spotlight back on you? And how how do you nurture yourself? How do you nurture your being to be able to show up for other people like this? You know, is there a, a, a certain practice that you're committed to doing you know this of course can be pilates and other things but just trying to think about how are you able to show up for other people so what what do you do for yourself
2: i wish i had a regular practice i at the moment i don't and i this is definitely something i'm i'm going to put um more work into this year because i've moved away from that own personal practice you Know in terms of my teaching hours, I don't do a lot of Pilates when I'm teaching. I, I mm-hmm. demonstrate, I get down yes. and I and I do move. I I record for my subscription service, um, which is an online, you know, access anytime library. Yeah, but that's not that's not my practice. That's a, a functional thing for my work. As much as I enjoy doing it, and I'm like, yes, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that workout. It's not for me. And mm-hmm. that I think this year is something I need to focus more on. i quite like to get back into yoga. Yes. And how that looks at the moment, I'm not sure. I feel like because of COVID and lockdowns, I don't really wanna do anything online. I don't have that same connection as being in a room. For me, yes. because I still teach online a little bit, there's almost a bit of, I need to remove that. I need to just be in the room and be present. Yes. Mm-hmm. I need to find a way of making that work yeah. but you know in terms of nurturing myself outside of my movement and work and being a mum yes I um, really really my friends are so important to me in terms of that nurture and that connection and so mm. we don't do this very much anymore but they're being able to go out and dance and I mean like dance yeah. and just <laughs> 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 you know that right we know that but it, it doesn't happen as Yeah, that. Let's
1: demonstrate our dance moves Christina. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I don't I don't get to do those things very much at the moment you know a lot of my I I talk about how there's never enough time and there isn't and and I hear that in my work also oh I just don't have enough time to do Mm. reality is you know it's it's what we put into it as well and I Mm. like you we've talked about put a lot of time and effort into other people my work being a mum and there's not a lot of time other than that but Mm. you know in terms of what I nurture myself with, a big part of it is the people I surround myself with. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: At the moment. Movement is coming, more movement is coming.
1: Movement is coming. (laughs) Watch this space.
2: (laughs) Exactly, and you know, in terms of food and what I, I used to really enjoy cooking, but having had COVID in 21, October 21, and lost my smell and taste, I lost a lot of motivation for... Yes. Eat, not eat well, eating a bit, but more cooking because I can't smell it, I can't really taste. Yes. It. So, um, I'd like to relearn that because re- I still can't mm. smell. and um, we can
1: take you on an aromatherapy journey to get that back.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I tried all of that in the early stage, and I think I need to just go back to it because I kind of went, I tried it, it didn't work, let's move on. Yeah. But I need to go back to that and and see what I.
1: You know, as it, well, it's like a memory, isn't it? Like we talked about body memory and yeah. you have a scent, a scent memory and it's just like rebuilding back that scent memory. There yeah. are ways to, but it's finding the oils that work for you that are going to bring it back because I think this is the thing within any of our practices. Yes. There is never just one way. You know, there That's... is often different ways. So, Christina, I did want to talk and sort of extend on your kind of self-care um, and ask you to pose the question, what brings you the most joy in life?
2: Obviously, being a mum is a big part of that. Yeah. I have my beautiful son who's seven now. I can't believe. Lucky seven. seven. <laughs> Lucky seven. I said to him the other day, You really have to stop growing. You're growing too quickly. He says, I can't do that, mum. I eat my vegetables. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love. Yeah, exactly. He's just, he's at that age where he's so fun. He he says to me quite frequently at the moment, will you teach me Pilates, Mama? He likes doing exercises with me. I've seen you
1: out in the park and things like that. I've seen lovely pictures of you (laughs) by, you know, rivers and streams and uh, (laughs) doing your exercise and movement.
2: Yeah, he loves the outdoors and he likes moving, very much so. Um, He, yeah, he's very much an outdoors kind of jumping puddles kind of little boy so yeah he he definitely brings me so much joy and you know outside of that it's kind of cheesy but my work brings me a lot of joy as well Mm -hmm. you know the the long days of teaching I teach from when I drop him off at school to when I pick him up I pick him up every day and then he goes to bed and I go out again and there's bits in the afternoon Mm -hmm. where I think oh gosh I can't do I am so tired. I am so tired because I work both ends of the day. Yes. Small gap in the middle, which isn't a break. <laughs> Anybody with a seven-year-old knows that's not a break. <laughs> a fun break. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like, we're on, we're going. But then I go out again and teach and I'm really lucky that I love what I do. I It genuinely brings me a lot of joy. It genuinely lights me up to do what I do I couldn't do what I do otherwise I really couldn't do the amount of hours that I do around being a full-time sole parent it just it just wouldn't work I couldn't I, you know when somebody says oh they couldn't get the holiday time or they have to go and travel for work and I think I'm so lucky that I love what I do
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it can work around being a mum. you know I'm I'm there for my son at school pick up because I want to be and because it's only a period of time before he'll actually be like oh no you're so embarrassing can you not do that <laughs> um, yeah grab him where you can <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got to, I've got to hug him and squeeze him all that before he doesn't want me to do all of that and then um the next thing I would say is my friends it, it, again in terms of what I do to nurture myself. Yes. are very much what brings me joy isn't it or maybe it's not Mm -hmm. ironic it's just real the things are also Mm -hmm. the things that bring me joy Mm -hmm. and should be really in life shouldn't they you know that you you enjoy those things that are a big part of your life yeah so yeah
1: yeah I completely agree like enjoying what you do in work when you think how much time is dedicated to it I think it's so important to enjoy it so yeah I, I'm one of those weird folk that come back from work and have, have been reinvigorated almost yes. by my work and and feel like energetic and and joyful and when I've witnessed breakthroughs in people's movement and they've wobbled on my hydrotherm couch and their their freedom is there and it just it brings me such joy to see it so, oh,
2: I'm, so I'm with jealous.
1: you you're not alone
2: <laughs> couch. I want to be there <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll
2: sort that out we have to find a way I think so that, um, sorry, just to go back no, to go, what you yeah. said earlier about, you know, when clients get it and, and mm. when you see those breakthroughs, that actually really brings me joy because yeah. I'm like, that I remember that feeling. That was one of the things I, one of the reasons why I did my teacher training, because I felt what they're feeling and that, yes. you know, my celebration with them, it's like people often say, oh my gosh, you're more excited than I am, but because I remember it, because that, yeah it's a big key part of where I,
1: why I am, and where I am in my life, so. Yeah, it's funny, I have to share this with you, because I had a new client to the hydrotherm massage the other day, he'd come in um, and had been recovering from a, a real huge personal trauma, and the way that person came in, to how they went out, I mean, they didn't just walk out, he skipped, Oh, and I just, I was like, skipping, oh, yeah. enjoy yourself. I literally felt like I, it, it, it was, like giving a ticket to a, a, a joyful moment. It was just like literally saying goodbye was so. Literally, he skipped out of the clinic <laughs> to see that. Because sometimes you know when you have those little moments and you might skip in the air or something when something funny. But for me to have actually, he didn't realise I was still watching. <laughs> Nice. and it was lovely but he did and he put on his little hat and it was just such a lovely thing to witness because his mindset was in a very different place his body was still holding the trauma so to help his body catch up with his mind um was a really beautiful moment so oh, absolutely that was lovely to see more skipping
3: yes. <laughs> more skipping, indeed. so christina can i take you to some
1: words um you know words that maybe underpin you know how you show up every day and how you know what makes you you is there is there a word a quote a mantra I've I've seen one that I I caught off some of your works that says let your breath lead you to movement and I thought that was absolutely stunning I'd love to know more about that and and the merchandise talking about organic organic merchandise organic yes that's (laughs) <laughs> With breathe, breathe in, you know, I'd love to know because, you know, I, I love to understand the, behind the words, you know, why are those words important to you? And are there some more?
2: um Yeah, I think we generally don't breathe very well as humans, and breath is such a fundamental part of what I do. I mean, Joseph Pilates, in not quite in this way, but basically said, let your breath lead you to the movement, and you'll find. Yeah. He didn't say let your, no, he said, if you get the breathing, the rest will follow kind of thing. But you know, my take on that is, let your breath lead you to the movement. Because I think I said this earlier, if you try and beat your body to it, you're Mm. changing the organic flow and function of your body. Because Mm. if we fully inhale and we fully exhale, then Mm. the correct muscles can do the the right support work. In that, if I ask you to do a breath in in, uh, an exercise, and people hold their breath, and typically, and mm. I'm going to generalize hugely. When I was in the States and you ask people to breathe, they properly breathe, they don't care whether they make noise, it's all fine because they're doing what you've been, you know, they're moving and they're working with their body. Mm. Whereas when I first came back to the UK and I'd say, Breathe in, I think I
3: don't hear anybody breathing, breathing, <laughs> <I'm>
2: breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody was quite embarrassed to breathe out Mm -hmm. loud in the class. I'm like, it's okay to breathe. It's okay to actually hear it when you breathe. Because we're doing something that really requires you use your breath.
3: Mm. So
2: when I inhale and my breath diaphragm goes down, my pelvic floor diaphragm goes down, all the diaphragms in my body are affected by my breath in. If I breathe in back inside where the lungs are, Back inside of the rib cage. If I breathe into my chest, mm. which is often where people do, it's a short breath, it's mm-hmm. a tense breath, it's yeah. all up here, it's all up in the neck, then yeah. I'm not going to be able to functionally do the support work I need to on the exhale. Mm. So we always start with breathing. Always, always, my, my beginner classes, I talk about your breath. And I always start all my classes with doing a bit of breathing. Let's connect with mm-hmm. the So yeah, letting your breath lead you to the movement Mm -hmm. rather than, I've asked you to lift your legs up, you've lifted your legs up. If you allow your breath to lead you to that, it's inhale, Mm -hmm. oxygenate your body, exhale, Mm -hmm. allow that function to work as it should, all the way out, all the way out. We engage the pelvic floor at the end point because the diaphragm, breath diaphragm pulls up, pelvic floor diaphragm responds to that then we have an inner core strength that we can use to balance and stabilize. And then the movement. The movement Mm -hmm. is the icing on the cake. It's not the be all and end all, even though uh, these are the set of movements, the set of exercises, it's about how you get there. So that's number one. I would say breath is Mm -hmm. so integral to, but also day to day as well. If you breathe well, your body Mm -hmm. functions better. If you breathe well and those diaphragms react, In the way that they should, your your breath diaphragm. It means that your spine, your rib cage, your organs, everything kind of ah, it all moves. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't rattle around inside you, but it all moves. Your pelvic floor diaphragm works better. And the, the the function of the pelvic floor, it's like your foundation support. Men and women mm-hmm. have a pelvic floor. We have to remember to say that because otherwise some people switch off, but men and women have a pelvic floor. And then the muscles around the pelvis function better because there's balance. So if the pelvic floor functions, we have this kind of movement, it's not quite like this. And then the muscle support around your pelvis functions better. That's your hips. So your hips function well, your knees function well. Your it's a chain reaction, right? So that's yeah. that's a big problem
3: yeah it's
1: a good great description of breath actually just I love us spending time talking about (laughs) all these facets because it really makes you appreciate it so much more
2: and the other one is work um working with the resources you have I think that's a big one is Mm. again going back to what we were talking about with expectations and what we think we should be able to do and the pressure we put on um, ourselves. of meet your body where you are now you know, work with the resources you have now. I want to be able to do X. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. We have to start here though. We have to start at this point, which says you don't have stability, you know, in terms of the movement Mm -hmm. that you're asking of your body. So you're gonna keep getting injured. So you might want to play tennis or go on a cross trainer, but at the moment you're not stable enough with the right muscle Mm -hmm. support to be able to do that. So you're gonna keep getting injured. Yeah. I have a client at the moment who has had quite a um, ride over six years um, post mm-hmm. having her son, mm-hmm. and she's gone and seen various professionals. She had lots of things on set at pregnancy, hypermobility, disc issues, lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. And then when she first came to me, she was like, "I, I, I keep trying to go to the gym." She's in her 20s so she's mm-hmm. young to come to blood but she's been doing it for a while because she knows the benefits of the stability that she mm-hmm. needs for her body but i keep getting injured and i think i'm being really careful and i'm trying really hard and i looked at her muscle pa- uh, her movement patterns and what she was using or overusing mm-hmm. and we've seen now over a period of probably about three or four months maybe maybe a bit longer five six mm-hmm. months now she's really pace is moving and she's and she's getting stronger but one of the things she said to me early on was thank you so much for listening to me I feel Mm -hmm. like it's the first time I've really been listened to and you took it all in Mm -hmm. and I feel like we're making progress in the right way and that's it isn't it It's, it's working with where you need to be at that moment because yes she wants to go and do all of the other stuff but she's also mm-hmm. very um, realistic in, she's tried mm-hmm. to do all the other stuff and it's not worked for strengthening. Yes. So, yeah, I think working with where you are, working with um, where you are and the resources you have at that you time, have. your mm-hmm. body where it is at that moment in time yeah. and um, breathe. <laughs> always. Yeah,
1: <laughs> always breathe. <laughs> and, some, yeah. and some of us need a blatant reminder. <laughs>
2: it's ironic people people need to wear it yeah the exhale (laughs) is when you engage in pilates it's usually the exertion of when we're doing a movement so why would i say breathe in because that's the start point it has to start with an intentional breath in not passive i'm not going i'm actually thinking about how and where i breathe to be Mm -hmm. able to exhale and engage the support
1: yeah love it and keeping on words, can I ask you about books? Do you, are, have you got a, a current read, or if you're like me, have about four or five on the go and you dip in and dip out all over the place and a bit of Audible thrown in, oh, or, or just even a book that's your all time great?
2: Oh my gosh, well, I love to read, really, really love to read. And when I go on holiday, I could read like three or four books in a week. I love it. you really- like my mum. <laughs> That being said, I also have a massive pile of books beside my bed upstairs that renewed itself, even though I moved a big pile of books downstairs because I think, oh, that that looks great. And people buy me books or I'll put that upstairs and I have to move them because the pressure of not reading. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh, that big pile of books that I don't have time to read
0: Mm. because
2: I, I don't read as much as I love, would love to. I have loads of books beside my bed that I really want to read and they vary in a uh, topic from fiction, I love a fiction yes. book, to um, child development books um, and uh, mindset books. They, they vary mm-hmm. quite drastically <laughs> um, but I'm not reading anything at the moment because because of what I was saying earlier in terms of those two working uh, ends of the day, I get into bed. So... <laughs> so I would love to say, yeah, I have a friend who says, mm. oh no, I can't go to sleep without reading. Yeah. I, when I get into bed, it's like my brain goes, okay, it's time. <laughs> well, and
1: also, I don't know about you, and if, even if I did read, i forget it anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it too I-, but, I mean, that's where Audible came in for me. Like, if I'm doing the school run, I have my Audible book on the go on the way. So it might be five minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. 20 minutes. It depends which child I'm picking up and where. But yeah, I, I found like those little bite-sized moments have been okay. It, it takes me ages to get through a book as you can imagine. I mean it's yeah. quite with 20 minutes in but it but at least it, it keeps me in touch with a
3: read.
2: I think the audible thing is I I I find that so I recorded a, a CD and I had to check it to see if it needed editing. <laughs> and I played it in my car, cause I've got an old car that still has a CD player. Um, and I played it in my car and I find I'd just switch off because A, it was me <laughs> talking, I knew what I was going to say. So I'd go yes. back and I don't know what, what I just did. So I'd have to yeah. go back in it. So I think with the audible thing, it's interesting because when I, I was saying this to a friend of mine is that when I've had periods of stress in my life mm. I can't listen to anything
3: in the yeah, car I,
2: I yeah. love music I love dancing to music I really enjoy it but I would turn off everything because it's like I needed my brain just to have calm and no it's, yeah and no interruption so I think the audible thing when I, my son talks to me all the time, like it's like a running commentary of everything that he's doing. <laughs> doing. So I think now the Audible would, I like to sit with my thoughts and I don't get a lot yeah. of time
1: to do that. That's so true, so true.
2: Yeah. Point in time. So mm. I think when I have a moment reading, yes I would I would definitely um, look to pick up a book, but I think probably Audible I would move away from for that reason that I'm not sure if I'd be able to concentrate and take in I'd probably be a bit like I don't know what just happened there I'd have to go back. yeah just too busy <laughs> exactly.
1: and do you have like an all-time read one that you kind of would just recommend to everyone if you could <laughs>
2: I, go back and read a book again I you know there's been lots of books that I've really enjoyed um Red Tent is always one that I um
3: mm.
2: think about have you read that one
1: no, never read that one. I've heard lots about it, but it's one of those ones that's like, it's probably under a pile of about 50 that I need to read.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Red Ten was one that I really enjoyed. And it's one that I still remember because I go through periods of reading a lot of books. Um, yeah. Like people would say, oh, I read this book. It was really good. And I go, oh, yeah, I read that book. But because I don't, I never go back and reread a book. Although I have done mm-hmm. by accident. <laughs> I <bought two> books. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I bought, a it shows you how much I was into it the first time though, doesn't it? Because it took yeah. me the whole book to go,
3: I've read this. Hang on a <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I think I bought one when I was away somewhere and then I'd obviously bought one before, but yeah, I never go back and reread a book. So um, I buy less books than I used to. When I was living in New York, I used to buy, I used to be, always in Barnes and Noble buying books and when I left New York I thought gosh what a waste I've read them all once so I don't tend to buy um a lot of books Um, a lot of books are given to me somebody will give it to me and say oh this is brilliant (laughs) that's the five books I have upstairs um and yeah I I think my reading has gone by the wayside really I think when I last went over to Spain to visit my parents because obviously my parents can take my son out yes I then go Brilliant. I've got some time to read. <laughs> and so that's why I tend to read quite a lot when I'm away, because I have childcare yeah, time yeah. Relax, and I'm not working and I don't have a thousand and one things to do that I need to do for yeah. work. So yeah. yes. That like
1: capacity almost to just digest what you're reading as well. Cause yeah, we're all guilty of reading books and then forgetting what we actually read. So <laughs> it isn't it is important to read or listen in the right state for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So,
1: Christina, finally, can I ask how people can best connect with you if they've enjoyed our conversation today and want to uncover and discover more about the work that you do and, you know, take part, how is best to reach out to you? And I think we talked a a little bit about how people might know when they're ready to connect with you because it does have to come from them. I think that is absolutely clear from this conversation rather than, you know, being told to go. um, It's important that they make that
3: choice.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important to realize is that, you know, somebody can say, you should try Pilates, but you have to want to do it because it does take a bit of perseverance for sure. Um, So I have my website, which is Pilates.co.uk and all the information that we've kind of talked about there, the subscription services information is on there. Uh, My Instagram um, details are on there. I'm not very good on social media, Lot to do with timing. I don't have a lot of extra time to go on there, but there's quite a lot of information. I've done little videos on there as well. Yeah, um, really
3: helpful. Mm.
2: Yeah, and I do various other courses as well outside of um, the pilates as well. But it's all on my website. I would say all of the things, but it's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me is by the website, Christina Fulcher Pilates. And you'll be able to find information on there. But if you can't, just drop me an email. I'll always, even if it's not me, even if it's somebody else, I'm always up for trying to help people connect as well. So um, yeah, just get in touch that way.
1: Wonderful. I'm going to put all the links into the podcast notes. It makes it easy because like my surname, it's not easy to spell. So um, we shall put it all on there. So it's nice and clear for people to get through. And I just want to say a, a huge thank you. I do feel huge gratitude for being able to talk to a to a mate in this format because you know it doesn't matter how many conversations we have I will always learn something new from you and thank you for today and for really helping us to slow down and have this huge awareness to our breath and respect the way that it feeds into movement I I can't thank you enough and a great time of year to launch it but it's relevant all throughout the year thanks Christine thank you
0: Do you have a story you'd love to share with other women or have recently found your voice, your truth? Or perhaps you've always been known under one path, a title that no longer feels authentic. Enjoy a therapeutic conversation where you can reflect, explore and move forward. If so, reach out to me via clairebilliard.com. Link in the show notes for the spelling. Thanks for tuning in.